Adversity, bring it. The struggle, we welcome it. Snooze on life, never that. We are Dave Regina and Mike Perella, and this is the No Snooze Podcast. Come on. Welcome back, No Snooze Podcast, episode 133. As always, I'm in the booth, (laughs) as Michael uh, mimics my lips here, because it's the same opening every single time. But with the best three, Michael, the show Pirelli, Claudio, the voice Valenzuela, and I am Dave, rocking the 2X shirt today, The Body Regina. New nicknames, Dave Polka Dot Regina. (laughs) You know, I almost did a a fashion no-no. I had um, some... Argyle, give me your opinion. I had Argyle, you know, the Argyle print, which is like the diamonds. Is that yeah. right? Argyle? Yeah, Argyle's about, yeah. Can you do Argyle and polka dots or no? No. All right, good. So it's good I mean, I didn't do from that. someone who wears furs, you could do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I think you can actually clash patterns now if it's intentional. Like if they're two very loud patterns, sometimes you can get away with it. Yes. I, fashion makes no sense to me. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I think like- I watched a TikTok and the guy was talking about fashion. He's like, fashion is breaking- the expectation. Oh, so when good. you wear high fashion up top, mix it in with sweats. And I'm like, that makes no effing sense to me. Like, I get it. Yeah. But then you're telling me don't match is well, that, fashion. Yeah. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Fashion See, is you, a you get that. It's definitely a creative thing. I'm right? a like, matching, even the matching three piece, fashion guy. Yes. I like matching things. Yes. But even the three piece suits these days with the sneakers. Mm, not I'm really not a vibe. big. I, I think there's an element of like even when I wear my loafers versus when I wear my uh, my Wingies? what are these called wingtips wingtips. Gives you an element of professionalism that's yeah. like even with the nice jean, mm-hmm. like you're rocking them now. It gives you a more of a I don't know personally. And then when you hear yes. yourself walk, mm. it means business. Oh, good transition. So speaking of walking, right? I know you're the walk king. But so this guy comes up to me in the gym. I've been seeing him for I, I want to say since the new year, and and I think I've said this in the past. But now that I mean, by the time this comes out, we'll be into February. But I want to continue to encourage anybody that I see in the gym. Like, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, man, the newbies are here. They're only going to last a month. They're only going to last a week because of the New Year's resolution, right? Yeah. Instead of being like that, why not encourage somebody to to stick around? Say hello to them, whether it's in the gym or if it's in, uh, I don't know, one of your hobbies that you're doing. We need to be more encouraging as a society, right? Uh, so maybe. I, <laughs> debatable. So I see this guy, and I've been seeing him now. He's he's in, I want to say, semi-good shape. I don't mean to be offensive, but semi-good shape. What you know, is he, that? He's got like... He looks like he works out, but not he, a lot. He kind of looks. He kind of looks like Mike. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, whoa. no, 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 no. So like you know the guys that are like, like is you he look strong? at them, they're big. Yeah, they're yeah, big yeah. dudes. He's got tats on his legs. He's got shape. But I think he he has a you know he's got a little a little belly. Yeah. Like and I don't mean to be offensive because nah, I you know but yeah, it's yeah. the truth. Yeah. But he was a big guy, and I'm like, damn, like this dude is he, he's pretty strong. But I, I do see him every day working on like form, mm. right? He's working on form with pretty lightweight for the size of the man that he is, which to me has always been no, no, but I've always been in my own head and not so much now, but especially in the past, when you walk into a gym, you want to load it up where like, you know, no one really is looking. 
Everyone's I mean, looking. they're kind of looking. When you put but, a box of donuts really. exactly. on the bar, people are but looking. But so anyway, he comes up to me today. He says, yo, man, I just got to tell you, you are one of the hardest workers I've, I've ever seen in the wait, gym. Wait, wait. Another guy mm-hmm. approached you in the gym yes. to give you a compliment. Yes. Maybe it's because I work at a home gym that no one comes, <laughs> Nobody up, comes to up to me. But well, to date, I've never had someone compliment but the, So the ahead. issue is, and I think the reason why is because people do see the level of output that I put. And I, I don't stop moving. So like I'm, I'm roping, I'm on the pull-up bar, I'm, you know. Roping. Yeah, jump rope. No, I got it. Um, like I, I'm sweating all over the gym. So like, if I use something, I have to really wipe it down. It's, it's just nasty, you know. So I, I think that. But I saw him after I was leaving the sauna, and we've made eye contact a couple times. I just, you know, give him a nod, head, uh, head nod, not head. <laughs> you do you love like the gym yes. atmosphere? Yes, like hundred percent. You get me excited to try to rejoin it. It's respect. Like what? You do one of these. Like, what yeah. other environment do you have? A group of individuals that share the same common interests around the same time as you of the day. Restaurant. Exactly. Like a when someone orders a good meal and you look and you catch eyes, you're like, there you go, right? Right. It's the same (laughs) thing. There you go. You're you're a foodie, I'm a Jimmy. So it's the same. Some would say I'm both. It's the same type of thing. So he says, Hey man, you know, I'm I'm Tommy. I said, Dave, I'm Dave. Nice to meet you. And he said, Yo, man, I just got to give you your respect. You know, you work real hard. I love that. I said, Yeah, man, you too. I've been seeing you in in the gym, you know, pretty much every single day. And I said, feel free to join me anytime you want. And he goes, actually, I just learned how to walk again nine months ago. Oh my God. And I'm like, holy shit. And I literally, I say that I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you know, one of my things now he's like, I'm back in the gym. He's like, I'm putting, you know, kind of baby weights on the bar, but I'm learning the fundamentals again. He's like, I got an artificial spine, fell off my motorcycle. I literally couldn't walk nine months ago. And in my head, I, you, like I just said out loud, right. I'm like, oh, he's in decent shit. Yeah, the yeah. fucking guy is a miracle. Yeah. And I'm over here. You know well, what that, I mean? That's the thing. You never can judge. You never so can typical. judge. But also this man, I mean, the, the respect now yeah. that I have for this guy and he's young, he's, he's our age. They should give him something so people will see him and they're like inspired. Like, but just no, learn he, how to walk, he like a still man. looks that good though. Like yeah, he incredible. looks good. You know, it, it's incredible to. But but I never would have that that like caught me by by surprise. And he's like, yeah, you know, people they see me and they're like, why aren't you doing two days? Why aren't you doing this? And he's like, motherfucker, I just learned how to walk again. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. wow, man, like. You know, I get it. But if you still want to work out with me, let me know. Yeah, yeah. So if you can do a spot. <laughs> yes. You know? And then I think I've shared this, too. There's another gentleman in the gym. He's a, he's literally a paraplegic. He, Jesus. yeah, he's, I don't even think he's 30 years old. He, I, and I've watched his routine. And not to, like, I, I don't know, not to, like, do it in a bad way. But I was curious, like, does he get picked up? Because he has a, he has a walker. And yeah. he literally can't lift one leg off. So he has to slide, slide his feet. And he goes, so, like, all around the gym. He literally, like holds on to the bars and the way that he maneuvers things is incredible so one day i come out the same time as him and i watch him and i'm like is he getting picked up and no he he's gets just kind of like pulling himself no he gets in a car he drives himself he folds up his walker i it's incredible oh and to I'm, go home yeah to yeah, go yeah, home yeah, yeah, yeah. but i'm thinking like oh he must have a ramp that comes out yeah. you know and he's got yeah. a wheelchair to get but every single day this dude is in the gym and I feel bad. He's actually one that I feel bad to go up and like ask his name because I don't want him to think that I'm doing it because he he's has a disability. Like a sympathy. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's so hard so part. all I do is I see him, I go like this, and I keep moving. Yeah. You know, and on all I did, if you're not on YouTube, was put my hand to my chest as a level massive of uh, pack. respect. Uh cool stuff though, man. The gym yeah, is great. That stuff is super inspiring. I, every time you tell me a story like that, I always get guilty of when I complain or like I feel bad for myself. That's the hardest part about life. Is that in your little bubble, you always feel like, what was me? Yes. Even for a brief moment. And then you hear stuff like that, and you're like, I am so soft. 
I mean, to, to learn the, how to walk again. But at the same time, too, like everyone's got a different heart. Yes. Everyone's exactly. dealing with something different. Exactly. Mentally, physically, it's all difficult. But stuff like that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, well, let, let's talk physical hard real quick. You know, give us a give us an update. I, I see you're you're putting up well, a lot Mikey of donuts. Box of donuts. But listen, I you think? It, but think about this. Think, let me let me say this. <laughs> Four in the morning, cold, no sleep, and twice for me. I thought you got guy? a heater. You didn't get a heater. I did, but I didn't put it on because I wanted to feel the cold. For three honey and fifteen pounds. Three fitting. The six. All right. If you don't know our terminology, a donut is a forty-five. Right. And a box of donuts, because if you go to your local store, six. Mm, debatable. Sometimes they do twelve. Yeah, the dozen. No, 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 no. But no one's doing dozens. <laughs> uh, but like a craft shop will give you six in a box. Yeah. A nice craft one. Yeah. Shout out Rise Donuts. Mike knows he eats more donuts than he lifts donuts. A lot these of donuts. Days, but... Donuts are prominent in my life. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you put six on and. Just, I felt strong. No, it looks strong, no man. spot. Form is, looks good. When you've benched heavy, the no spot element is such a mental like yeah. limit to mm-hmm. get over. Because you feel strong, but then you run the scenario. It's five a.m., four a.m., whatever it is. If I drop these, yes, there's a spot thing here. Good chance I'm not getting out from under. So you really? Because honestly, I, as you say that, I've never thought that. Like you think about that well, as I'm you're in the pressing bo- like, bottom of your rep, yeah. Because I'm at the high part of my rep. But like, like you have the like before all this, three fifteen for two was not happening. Right. I would get it for one and be able to go up, but I wasn't able to rep it twice. Yes, got you. So I was supposed to do three, but I am way more cautious now because I'm like one injury. You know, I I can't lift as much as I want anyway, and then I don't sleep well. My recoveries can't be good because yep. the sleep. Not being able to sleep for like five months has gotten me to be more like thoughtful on how I do things mm-hmm. because I realize like you're not recovering for a long time. Right. If I get sick, if I get injured, you're not recovering with no yes. sleep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then I'm a little more conservative, but I'm like, I think, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm doing a lot of reps, but now I'm getting into heavy mode and AC put me on a shorter rep range. But I do think about that. I'm like, all right, well, you could get three, but I don't want to blow something right, out. Or, you know? Yeah. No, and smart. I'm sure you do that. Smart you don't go crazy. It. No, yeah. But I, I feel like I only try to pick up weight that I know that I can, you know. Really well, I, I knew by. I could get it for one, but yes. I'm like, I don't know about two. No, two. And, and it looked good. But you seem to think that I post after you. It always works out. No, but I don't do that because I bench two and three times a week, right? So if you're working out. You know, and you're posting. You work out that much? What? You work out that much? <laughs> if you're posting, you know, one bench workout on a Monday, and then like, how how good does it feel to put up a box though? Put up a box. Box of donuts. A box of donuts. Six do- six forty fives is a lot of a lot of weights. I guess. I don't no? know. I don't think about it like that. But yeah, I mean, I I've been you're, you're, you know you're I'm giving away your gift. I'm doing the uh, um, a nice balance, man. I, like I'm really trying to. Uh, I, I felt myself getting a little thick uh lethargic okay. in my workouts okay. if, if that's a, a word and then i was a little more i was adding my cardio towards the back end as i did my like some social media stuff okay you know um so i was walking on an incline a little walk jog action but i really wasn't liking it then i started taking a loving back into the sauna mm-hmm. and the cold shower I need to get that back you know the hot life. cold thing i'm loving it i it's a challenge every single day to get into that shower, but I've been making it a point to like build this as a habit in. So I'm like, okay, what can I do on an efficiency level to make sure that my cardio is staying right and I'm not spending that extra 30 minutes on the treadmill because now I want to spend that 30 minutes in the sauna. Mm. 
And sure enough, it was jump rope. Yep. Right. And I've jump roped for 15 years, but like I, I would always do it. I've done it, I guess, in between my sets, but not as consistently as I'm doing it. So now I'm trying to make sure that I get 20 to 30 minutes of jump rope in between my workouts. Which is a lot. Which Yes. So now, I mean- so It doesn't sound like a lot. Try it, jump rope. Oh, yeah. It's well, exhausting. So they say- and It's one of the best things for you. I'm not trying to be impressive here. You're, I'm not. Uh, you don't but have to try anymore, I'm not. Dave. We I'm know. Not. We know. But I don't even know, know if I believe this stat. So I saw something that said if you get 80 skips a minute, that's equivalent to like an 8 minute and 15, 8, yeah, an 8, 15 mile. That's a lot. Though. Which was skips a minute. No, so I did it, and I was at 140 in a minute. Yeah, I guess maybe. That's what I'm saying. And I'm just going like, I mean, you see the pace that I'm at. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, it's do, consistent. You know what I mean? But it's not it's like not I'm like, like blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah. crazy. So I didn't know if that was an accurate. How much of a mile? Thing. What is it? Eight fifteen mile. I think I'd struggle to run an eight fifteen mile. I think you do an eight fifteen versus jump roping like that on 80, 80 beats a minute. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed easy, but I don't know. So I've been really loving the. Um, the back and forth between, you know, doing a, a strength set and then getting into rope. And all I do is I switch it up, do some different leg movements. Um, you know, but the calves are booming. That, you know. they're, they're booming. They're and uh, mine are making gains. <laughs> you know, we're getting there. Uh, a limitation I had that I was self-imposed for a long time was I didn't squat. And I didn't do, like, the deadlifts or the compound stuff with the back. And AC has attacked that weakness and makes me do, like, deadlifts on bench days. Yes. So I'll go right from heavy bench to heavy deadlift. So, you know, 305 to 305 in whatever, whatever facet. Um, but I'm doing, like, the no shoes on the deadlift. Like, you, I'm getting into the Do you have a slur? Form. Or are you trying to say no snooze or? No no shoes. <laughs> no shoes. Uh, so that it's been fun to break through those and add those elements of, like, all right, now I can. It's not a respectable weight yet on the other compound lifts, but mm -hmm. it's something that, I guess, respectably the word. Like, if I was in a public gym, you wouldn't look at me and be like, oh, he just started to walk again. You'd be like, he's been lifting for a while and trying to push it, you it's know? So but you know what I'm saying. Yes, like, yes. I didn't mean it in an insulting way. You know what I was trying to say. So uh, that's been fun. The uh, Yeah, the diet actually lately has been good. The diet's it's, been it's good. It's easy, right? Now that it's become a – I hate giving you credit because it's one of my least favorite things to do on this podcast. Why, though? I don't understand. The eating real foods – and having the real foods available <laughs> and keeping it simple and not doing the crazy recipes and having the fresh fruit on hand and the you know maybe a sugar free whipped cream spice it that's up that's good that's good has made it so second nature that it doesn't feel like I'm on a diet it just feels like it's the way I eat right which mentally is a lot less taxing um not to say I don't sneak in a chicken nugget or two but when you're 80% eating the right <laughs> stuff the 20% doesn't like kill you and I don't feel terrible. Right. A lot now, because of lack of sleep and lack of other things that are helpful in this grind mode, the meals affect me a lot more if I'm not eating well. Like when I have a donut, I like exhaust it. Mm -hmm. It's so much more important when you are struggling with sleep and other things to eat well because mentally it just keeps you more clear. Yes. Which all these things weren't reasons for me to eat well. And now that they're compounding, it's made wanting to eat that way outweigh wanting to eat like an animal. I still want to eat like an animal certain days, but the majority of the time I don't want to eat terrible because mm -hmm. I just feel terrible. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I'm not one to say I told you so, but, you know, if, uh, if it's, it's on record, I told you so. Told me so. <laughs> Pork shoulder in the slow cooker, beautiful. Uh, I go to the Porchester Stop and Shop now because it's got all the sauces because it's in Porchester. They got everything. 
<laughs> why, do, why does Porchester have sauces? I'm very confused. I'm not saying why. I don't understand why. What does it mean? Because they're cultured? Yeah, 100%. 100%. The majority of people shop in there, there's a little more spice. <laughs> a little more spice. So they wow, have, they have unbelievable stuff. That the, the one in Glenville, not cultured uh, at all. Why not? Because it's Greenwich? It's Greenwich. <laughs> um, so, but chicken, either thighs or breasts, uh, with sriracha. Right, I don't even do the tons of spices for the Greek anymore because too much time. So just sriracha, bang, bang, bang. Yep. They have like some knockoff one in the Porchester one. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's way better. It tastes like a mix between hot sauce and sriracha. Wow. Okay. It said sriracha hot sauce, and I'm like, ooh, amen. Um, so we get pork, chicken, beef, ground beef, shaved turkey or shaved steak or just steak if it's on sale, mm-hmm. and those are the three things. And then it's either rice or potatoes. I got my fried fry cooker. I just, our french fry cutter, I just poof, pops out my six, five to six ounces of potato, yep. throw it in, bang, french fry. I'm dialed in on that front, okay? If I could ever get a good night's sleep <laughs> and have a little time to like feel good. I haven't felt good working out to go into a workout. To your credit, the times where I feel the worst, I try to work out. The night I didn't sleep, Monday, I was up at 2.30. I'm like, I'm not going to bed. Nope. I'm going to work out because <laughs> F you life. Right. I'm going to put my foot in the ground, and I'm going to hold that line. There you go. And it felt great, and I got a great workout. But in my head, I'm like, once I get back to like 70% feeling, I'm going to be an animal. You know? Yep. Do you ever feel that way when you have a rough week and you're yes. like, if I'm doing these numbers – like feeling terrible. Mm-hmm. It's like if you play in a team and you're just like a hurt and you're putting up numbers still, you're like, wait till I'm healthy. Yes. But the question is, are we ever going to be healthy? Maybe yes. not. You will. We're over the hill. You will. But I, I love that you dialed in the consistency, the focus. I see it. It's tough. You're in. It's it's very tough. Um, and I know you've been knocking Norgain. Uh, Norgain. Knocking Norgain. Knocking Orgain, by the way. Shout out to the individual that just put a nice order in. And yes, we get a little commission off that. So, CV. Oh, we get commission? Them, you didn't know I that? love Listen, CV, let them know where we get this protein. I- we wanted to take a quick second to let you guys know that we partnered with our good friends over at Orgain.com. We're happy to offer our listeners 30% off by entering the code NOSNOOZE30. Again, that's NOSNOOZE30 for 30% off your first order. If you're on the market for a new protein powder, nutritional shake, protein bar, or Mike's favorite, collagen peptides, Orgain is your one-stop shop. As all of you know, my Crohn's disease is currently in remission, and the only protein I use is from Orgain. My personal favorites are the chocolate peanut butter and the vanilla bean. With the code, you can try a two-pound tub for under $20. Talk about not snoozing. Go get yours today. Now, back to the epi. Uh, so the topic of the day, Michael briefly mentioned uh, limiting beliefs, uh, but today we want to talk about breaking past your limited beliefs. I think this is well, something. Not, yeah, beliefs, but also like actual like limitations. limitations. Right. Like your self-imposed limitations. 100%. Right. But I mean, to me, a self-imposed belief is really just a thought or opinion, right, which basically is put on yourself by you. I have to do the math. Does that make when sense? When you though? do your equations in no, your head, so it's, I, yeah, that made sense. It's it's subconsciously self-imposed beliefs, right? So, but subconsciously, I think it's placed on ourselves because we tend to think things and then we make it our truth. And I think there's a really big thing going on where you have your truth and then you have the truth, and it's two completely different things. But we, as human beings, we draw up our truth in a negative way 
the majority of the time. Um, and I think it's a self-protective measure, if that makes sense. It makes sense. Right? Because nah. because I believe that smiling. I believe that these limits are, like we said, self-imposed, but they are there to protect us from a level of stress and a level of an uncomfortable situation. And it, that uncomfortable situation could be embarrassment, it could be fear, whatever it is. But I think it's a self-protective uh, mechanism to basically keep us safe. I, could that be like a lack of confidence in that moment? Absolutely. And I think I think it's imposed by other people too. You mm-hmm. ultimately have the control yes, of it. Yes, yes. But I've been told a lot of times that I'm not handy by a lot of people because of the crap jobs I've done mm. when I've tried to be handy. So that yep. belief yep. was reinforced by other people, and then I really drove it home with yep. a hammer now. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good point, but I, I think- <laughs> You like that? Uh, unfortunately- A little crooked, see me, but <laughs> crooked nonetheless. I think these, uh, these beliefs, they, they definitely have a negative impact versus a positive impact on our life because they either stop or prevent us from moving in a direction that we've thought about one time or another progressing- but I think the belief in the limit actually stops us, which sucks. Um, yeah, but what's an example? Try. What's an example of a limiting belief? Um, or I'm a not thought? handy. I'm not. I'm not is a huge one, right? Or I don't have enough time to do this. I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. I'm too old to get back in shape. I did it when I was younger. Um, I I'm too young for this management opportunity. There's, I can't learn a language. I can't learn a language. And then the next level is like you add on because, and that becomes the excuse on top of the limit. I can't do this because, or I am not because. And I think like you were saying, they come from from uh, a plethora a history, of, though. of places. History is a big one. Yes, yes. Well, also, I mean, for me, if I think on my limiting beliefs, and I'll discuss one in, in a minute, I think it's our inability to have an open mind. Our family beliefs growing up, our education in school. This guy's good. And then also our past experiences as a whole. And I think that's a core of where these limiting beliefs potentially come from. Where are you stealing all this info from? This is good stuff. Stealing info? Yeah, where are you getting this from? No, man. This is this is the process. This is this You live for this, huh? This is the big process. I throw out a a topic and he's probably like, ooh, (laughs) I got this. But for me, I'm telling you, I feel like most of my limiting beliefs. They kind of come from, you know, past experiences as a uh, as a child. And then we kind of adopt that, you know, like like growing up. You know, I know plenty of people. If you want to look at the fitness thing, I have a friend and they they call him Gordito. Right. But my man is tough nickname. Thirty five years old. Is he Gordito? It was cute. Yeah, he kind of is. But uh, it was well, cute I mean, when I'm sure he was, you know, four five and six. But. I think that's a tough. Yeah, you given you've given this man his identity. Yeah, and now my man is still known as Gordito, and like that can't be like a, a self fulfilling thing. Can't help. And now he kind of plays into that. Like, mm. oh, let me eat. You know, I got to be the big boy. Like, and and honestly, no, he wants to start working out and get right. Yeah. But as I was having the conversation with him, he's like, you know, this has been my whole life, and now that I think about it, I said to him. I think this was kind of like destined for you in not a good way, but because something used to be cute, yeah, you were a little bit heavy, but now you've adopted all of the, um, I guess, the, the entire mindset and the thought process behind being a heavy dude. Yeah. Right? You, you, so I get it because personality-wise, if you embrace things and kind of roll with it, mm-hmm. it could be detrimental. Yes, 100%. Um, I have a, you know, before the process, 
I had to think like, what was my first, or what's like a real limiting belief that I have that I like haven't really shared. Mm. I feel like everyone knows the body thing. Like I was very skinny. So yes, my limiting belief was like, ah, oh, I can't do this. You know, I'm not going to be strong. I can't get bigger, blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to use that one. Because we talk about that one a lot. So you don't still have a that lot one? Of people, I, I do actually, and that's a bad thing. I have body dysmorphia, but that's besides the point. Um, a lot of people would I not know this. Even I my family. Way. I had a major fear of driving. So, like fitting in cars? <laughs> no, no driving in general. So when I was 13 years old, I was in Texas. We were down there for my cousin's party, and my father at the time he allowed us. I don't know why. And not, not that I have multiple fathers. Statue I'm just saying my father right? at that time when I was 13 years old, right? He allowed me to always drive cars in the parking lot, right? And it was normal. Like, Dave, go pull the car around Go at 13 years old. What? I guess. So CV says that's normal. Cool. I, I think so, too. Like, I think I've seen a lot of... Yeah. Is Texas one of those states right, that Texas uh, is not an alien state? No, dude. no, no. You but like down south, no, no. But down south, they get their licenses at fifteen. So I don't know if maybe in no, Texas, no, the more rural right. the areas, yeah. the, the lower the age. No, you get your I license. thought you were saying hard normal. To get around. I thought you were saying normal in a sense of. I thought you were <laughs> saying normal slow. in a sense of like you know uh, your your family just lets you do this and yeah, yeah. you know because that could be normal, but especially I mean in today's society, having a thirteen year old drive, it's ab- absolutely abnormal. Um, it's a scary so. I get in the car. My brother gets in with me. It's a minivan. And we're at a hotel, and my dad's like, yeah, pull the car around. I pull the car around, and I literally crash into this humongous potter right in front of the hotel lobby. Potter? A potter, like with a tree in it. Like a pot. A, but like a, isn't it called a potter? Like a, a big a big it? clay potter. or Potter? Is that, I don't know. That's a term? I think so, yeah. Wow, like, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, so it's this huge... But a humongous one in front of a hotel. Like sometimes there's lions in front of the hotel. Sometimes there's big things. Yeah. But yeah, I think the terminology is a potter or a pot. I don't know. And there's this tree hanging out of it. So I hit this thing and immediately the bumper and then all the soil coming out of the pot is starting to like come out. Now I'm embarrassed though. And instead of like putting it in park and getting out, I'm like putting it in drive and like, like I, the potter boom falls over damage to the vehicle like everyone is just mortified staring and i'm 13 years old (laughs) so that's how that happened right because after that i had this limiting belief that you are not a good driver you can't drive well you weren't well i think that's a limiting belief though because the reality was yeah i just maybe i'm not a great driver but i haven't had experience yet i mean if you hit a pot so (laughs) right right there's proof there's proof there right but for me i feel like even when I was 15 years old, now I was nervous because I'm like, ah, I'm going to crash. Like my, my perception was off. I always typically drove an Acura Integra, which is a pretty small vehicle. Yep. So the second that I was behind a minivan, I mean, dad, you probably should have thought about this. I guess the perception's a little different on these turns. So, uh, you know, and, and Matt and I would be funny, man. We're like blasting the music, like, you know, driving, pulling up, skirt, boom. 
And for years, though, this thing killed me. Like, and any time I was about to get back in the car, I just couldn't do it because I felt like I was going to crash. I didn't know this. Right? I know. It's very funny. It was embarrassing, though, too. Like, it's pretty embarrassing because who wants to crash into a hotel lobby that your whole entire family and extended family is staying at? Make an entrance, baby. You know what I'm saying? Uh, CB, you wanted to say something about how you grew up on horses and you were driving at the age of 12? No, but I do have a funny story, like, kind of like similar to that. When I was younger, um, you know, and I was, my father did get me kind of driving earlier and, um, and you know, I was comfortable behind the wheel of a car. I remember one day, one of my parents, family friends came over and they got a, they had gotten a brand new car, very nice little BMW three series back then. Right. And, you know, of course I, I like cars. I went over and loving it, but damn. Wow. Is that a ghost? <laughs> that was a ghost. I've been watching a lot of ghost shows. Um, and a, um, so, and she was like, oh, you go ahead, turn it on, turn it on. And I was like, oh, my God, I was so excited. I get into the car. And now, mind you, at this point, I've been inside of a car, turned it on, moved it around, driven in a f- soccer Small field area. or whatever. So I'm comfortable. I get in the car, so excited. I go to turn the car on. And for those that know, it's a stick shift, and it was in gear, and I didn't hit the clutch. Oh, boy. And oh, when I, I did that, that it jumped up. <laughs> And it was a similar, you know, you're completely embarrassed because you, Yo. you now you you feel like you messed it up. Everyone's looking at you. Get out of the car. You messed it up. Blah, blah, blah. And that moment of like, damn, I feel terrible because mm-hmm. I just did something that was, you know, and at that point it was just, you know, I don't, it was just nervous. You know, yeah. it was a, so yeah. it was a similar story to that. It was yeah. just funny. And when you're young and you're learning, you know, you are, of course you're not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Because mm-hmm. you're learning. That's the whole point. You know what I mean? Um, but then that happens and you do get kind of like a little bit like jaded as you move oh, yeah. forward. You're like, damn, I don't want to touch another new car because I'm scared. Yeah. I'm, I messed it up. Rough. Very rough. Good story, man. Um, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I'm serious. I, I'm serious. Good story, man. He discredits you. It's the word. Oh, good story. No, man. I think everybody like that's a good story, but you didn't like what he doesn't talk about is he lifted the minivan off of the pot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think the first thing though that has to happen in any sort of limiting well, you don't want to hear scenario, my uh, stupid one that I can. Yeah. Oh, you go to. ahead. Go. Give me. Here's a dumb one that I'll throw in before like serious one. Mm-hmm. Pirelli's. We don't skate because we got bad ankles. That was told to me <laughs> from my father, my brother, as long as I can remember. Frank skated a little bit, but I was terrified of skating. Never went skating. If I did, it was briefly, and I was terrible, and I just never liked it. I don't know if I didn't like it because I wasn't good at it. A lot of things I'm finding I didn't like because I wasn't good. Yeah. Um, but later in life, I paid for it because Dana's whole family skates, and we went on that date, and I looked like Bambi on ice. <laughs> And everyone's making fun of me. Baby, and in my head, funny. I'm like, is it worse to avoid it for as long as I did? And then as an adult, just eat shit every time I got to skate. So basically, though, your calves are small because your ankles are weak. Correct. So, you know, maybe it's not self, you know, maybe no, it's, it's just there could Mike. be some truth to this stuff in general, but you could always do something. Like, right. I could have gotten certain type of skates. My man, CB, camera, bro. You know? <laughs> That's right. Keep it on him. Keep I want to see his baby. reaction. His reaction is almost better than my. I know. I know. I see him looking at. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, tell me a process to see how I can. I yeah. See so it let me give you a process, man. So the first thing, honestly, is is a, an awareness and a recognition to the actual belief. I think for for a lot of us, we don't know where the belief like really originated or why. Um, one one thing that I think I left off is actually culturally. I've spoken to a lot of people. 
Um, and even our in our families, right? You have old school Italians that like culturally, you know, you're supposed to settle down and get married to the same culture and the same, you know, individual who looks just like you. But like nowadays, that's just not the case. And I think that's an example of a, you know, self-imposed belief or something that has come from outside culture that now becomes self-imposed by you, right? So once you have that awareness and recognition, it must I think help. You have to, sorry to interrupt. Go. It must help what, knowing where it comes from because then you can discredit it. Well, that's the point. Right? So that's why in step one of the process, oh, it's sorry. awareness and and to recognize where it actually came from. Yeah. Right. Um, the second thing is to decide what you will no longer tolerate from yourself. So. My mom, right, I'll use her as, as an example because she's one of the most incredible stories that, that I've ever seen in terms of taking a, a, a limited belief, thinking that, you know, this is going to be the, the rest of her life where she has to drink and <laughs> Michael's putting a hat on as, as I speak. Um, so I have a limiting belief I can't wear camo. So <laughs> there you go. That's good. So, you know, th- this this I think is a very important uh, part of the process because for my mom, she just no longer was going to tolerate this level of lifestyle. She got to a point that after she was aware and came to her truth of, listen, I have a problem. I have a bad relationship with alcohol and substance abuse in the past. So I am not going to tolerate this for myself. But if you sit there and you don't have that real conversation with yourself, you're never going to be able to get over it, right? Now, I'll, I'll continue with my mom, but she was then able to identify, and this is this is a big thing too, identifying three to five behaviors that you know for a fact can get you out of this limited belief. So even if you're you know the most negative person in the world, if you have a limiting belief on yourself, if you were to snap your fingers and say, okay, I, in a perfect world, I'd like to get out of this tomorrow, you could probably identify three to five behaviors, right? Like yeah. for my mom, in, in terms of AA, it's like, okay, surrounding yourself with individuals who are not doing that behavior, um, making sure that she's uh, showing a higher gratitude to, uh, I guess, a, a higher power. Mm-hmm. That was one thing for sure. Um, when somebody is drinking around her, removing yourself from that scenario, right? So there's, there's, there's things that trigger these beliefs. But if you just stay in that mix versus deciding intentionally to get away from them, that's how you really need to get away, right? You stack the deck in your favor. Exactly. And then the final thing is really practicing your way through. Now, I think this is a, a, a big misconception because we all believe that, oh yeah, well, I'm just going to change my mindset and it's going to happen tomorrow. No, the way to really get through that negative belief and, and that limited thought is to practice your way through it. Gabriel Familiar. Physically doing the things that you know that you have to do over and over again. You shouldn't put any set time limit on getting through something. Mm. Really, it, it needs to become a habit. So you can't really get over it until you've built it into a system in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So to fit my bigger example into your process so far, I had this I'm not handy belief. I... It was reinforced by messing up some projects when I was on a time crunch with incorrect tools and no patience. So I was aware that I think I approached it wrong and I didn't give myself enough time Mm -hmm. to get familiar and practice it before trying to pull the trigger and do something big. Right. Well, that's good. Right? Yes. Like Looking back, I was like, every time I failed at these projects because I rushed, I didn't have the right tool. Mm -hmm. Like I'm finding in life in general, having the right tool is almost as important as right knowledge. Yes. Uh, they go hand in hand, but like if you try to do something with an incorrect tool, 
you could look like a jerk and it come out wrong, but you didn't give yourself a good chance. Right. Like your mom's saying, if you, if you, were you saying about your mom, if she didn't put herself in the right atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, can't judge a fish by how it flies. <laughs> how do you guys feel about um, approaching that same task with the uh, with the wrong tool? Yeah, as as kind of a metaphor to to face adversity. Yeah, I mean, to, to different type of tools, right? Like a physical tool, then you could be like, well, right, yeah, well a mental tool, anything, right? So say I approached my diet when I did the 10% challenge and I approached it with the tool of like, I'm going to go with these crazy ingredients. You know, I suck at cooking rice, so I'm, I I just can't cook rice. I can't, I can't, or I, it's too much stress. And then when I'm like, oh, let me just get a slow cooker and a rice cooker, and then all of a sudden... Those limits of like, oh, I can't move food prep. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't meal prep. I don't have time. I don't meal prep. It's because I was approaching it the wrong way. But also, you can't be in my position, right? So I knew, and not to say, again, I told you so, but I knew that you I mean, would you get told there. Me, you told but me you so. have to get there on your own. You know, like you can't, if I'm just in your ear telling you, yeah, yeah, you know how many times we told my mom to stop drinking? Yeah. You know how many yeah. times we knew that she had a problem before she admitted that she had a problem? Yeah. You have to come to, uh, and I think this goes to CV's point, you have to come to, because he said before, when I crashed the car, it's like part of the process, the experience. You do have to come to that awareness and that realization yourself. That's the first thing. You'll never get over that limited thought if you can't get there yourself, right? And you have to be truthful. And it's the honest conversations, I think, that we have with ourselves. Um, and not that there's not some truth to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might be a little bit older and yeah you were in shape but now your time is limited and you got kids and you know you're in a a stagnant marriage and you know you're eating terrible because it makes you feel good that's fine there's some truth to it but like are you gonna stay there or are you gonna work through it an important thing i found for me is when i have these beliefs or like limitations i impose on myself like not only acknowledging it but acknowledging why if i break through it it would help me right that's good like the the diet stuff the the lifestyle eating like just helpful like I mm-hmm. want to feel better like I want to be able to play basketball and not be gassed yes because I eat like terribly yep. or you know if I figure this out then it will give me more time with the kids the the handy thing the real re- re- realization I came to is like the fact that I can't fix something in our house if there's a snowstorm or if parents are away is embarrassing like not to be to have a no offense you're talking to the wrong guy over here. In my industry, not to have a general, I I can know stuff, but not be able to do it. I preach all the time. You want to learn something? Go on YouTube. So like me and Dan were talking shit back and forth. I was saying how like, oh, well, you're going to start working out this year and cooking. And like, she's like, yeah, I'm going to start cooking. I'm like, just follow recipe. And then I I felt myself being like, then why why aren't you doing projects? Like, just follow recipe. Go on YouTube. Like I was saying it to her, but then realizing what a hypocrite I was. Mm. And then she called me out and she's like, go on YouTube, figure out how to do it. Smart. (laughs) And she really wants me to become handy because all these like little projects that cost time, money. But if I can do them slowly and like just take my time, I don't care if they're done in a month or four months. As long as they get done right Mm -hmm. and well, like that's the main thing. So I just had this like come to Jesus where I'm like, if I'm going to have real estate in my life and I want these projects to be done, but I don't want to pay a ton and like it will help me talk with a client about their project and you know learn and it gives me another element a piece of the puzzle that i've told everyone i wish i knew this piece Mm -hmm. and knew more about this piece but haven't listened to myself this whole time because in my head i'm not handy i say it to clients all the time yeah i don't know if you are but i'm not like it's a joke yep and then i realize like i'm making fun of myself but i'm making it worse because every time i say that it's a vote against me becoming handy Mm -hmm. 
So then uh, in my head, I'm like, get, why, I can learn. I can learn it. Once you realize you can learn anything with enough time and tools, maybe you can't get into the NBA, but that's not a skill. You can become an elite jump shooter, right? Yes. Like I'm, I don't think I'll ever be run a construction company, but I can become very handy and knowledgeable and be able to fix something if Dana needs, the kids need. Like I had a lot of conversations where I was talking to someone like, yeah, I call my parents when I need something. And then I had this flash forward of like, if they called me, I'm like, I don't like I'll, I'll send someone. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. You know, I don't know. It you was have to want I, to though. It you never to mattered that, to me you know? in the past mm-hmm. enough where now it was so such a it was such a detriment it was such a weakness like my calves <laughs> it was so felt that i'm like i have to do something yeah, because i can't do this anymore yeah i hear you i have um now in 2023 as i was thinking about this i have a a limiting belief that's that's on me currently and i think there is some truth to it but can i'll I share guess? we'll can try I to guess? go can, can I, I guess yes and it has nothing to do with physical Give me a clue. Absolutely nothing. Give me a clue. I like this. Uh, financial. I want to see if you jump in. Financial. Ooh. I can't buy another property. Pretty much. Now, it really what it is, it, uh, bingo. Um, bingo. But it's, it's not, this is the, the belief that I have. It's not a good time to make a large investment. Right? So here I am, 2023. Um, you know, I have. Equity in, in properties, two specific properties. One is a multifamily. One is a single family home. Rates as we know it are not great. For example, I was able to close on one house, 3.6%. Um, back in 2016, I my rate was, I believe, 6%. Um, but that was on a, a multifamily investment. So those are always a little bit different. So there's equity available. And now I'm like, and I'm trying to walk you through my negative process. Yeah, right? yeah, I like it. Now I'm like, well, rates right now are seven percent. Like the the market's a little hostile. I'm listening to this Tony Robbins uh, clip, and he's like, the rates right now are seven percent. People don't understand. I opened my biggest business at an eighteen percent rate. Yeah. He said, if people saw an eighteen percent rate nowadays, we would have a heart attack, yeah. which is true. But he's like, you know. And, and all the same things that we obviously preach and we practice in our own lives. But like I kind of am, am leaning on the safety mechanism of like, well, you know, there's no downside, which there's not, to paying your mortgage every month and letting the tenants pay the mortgage every month. So you're you're gaining even more equity. But like if I have this thing on my mind and it's there, why why aren't I putting it into practice? Right. And, you know, you look at history and we are in a bad market right now. Like just historically, depends from no, no. I'm saying if you look at inflation, yeah, yeah, right. The trajectory, and not the seven percent is bad. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. the trajectory of where we were to where we are now, things are not great. So I just want to make a note. Yep. There's a nuance that someone said that I thought was really smart. They're like, you can't generalize markets mm-hmm. because in this market, if you if you have property, you're in a good market. Yes, right. 100%. Because there's a lack of inventory. Yes, there's less buyers, but you still have leverage. So it's like I wasn't talking real estate market. No, I know, but I'm saying in general, people need to understand that in every storm, there's a little bit of light or yes. some. There's a silver lining somewhere. Right. It just might not be in the wheelhouse. Yes, I was just trying to keep it basic. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. For most people, you in know, general. if you're buying a five, do- I buy five dozen eggs at a time. Right. They were seven ninety nine. Dude, I but I didn't know the transition. That <laughs> I, no, listen, but they were seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine at BJ's. Twenty one ninety nine for the same eggs right now. 
Each like, egg. E- no, not each egg, oh. but you know, for the five dozen. So dozen. that right there, that level of inflation, if you look back historically, you're in a bad spot, mm-hmm. right? I believe that the market is not going to be great. That same type of market is not going to be great for another like three years. This is not financial advice. I got it. But I'm too. just saying, this is my personal based off of what I've read historically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. If I believe that, I'm like, well, you know, now is maybe not a good time to invest, blah, blah, blah. And I keep drawing up these scenarios as to why I'm not pulling the plug on something that I feel like I should be doing. Pulling the trigger. I pulling mean, the plug, plug would be killing Yeah, pulling the plug is not, a, is not a good thing. But I feel like I need to go through my own process here, like find where that lie is, the awareness and the recognition of it. Yeah. Right? And really, I think I'm, that's been developed because people are in my ear. Like people oh, have yeah. said, you know, oh, well, and, and even from past experience, if I closed on a house that was 3.6% and now it's 7%, that's why I'm not doing it, right? So that's that's an excuse as to why I'm not. It's, I, I found with real estate in general, it's very hard to get over everyone else's beliefs about what you should do because it's not common to own three properties, right? The majority of people own one, if that. Mm-hmm. So it's very... You're talking to people, they're not wrong, but they're also not in a position where they can give that advice, right? And even if they can, they don't know all your details. So it's really hard. I see it too, because like I talk about my grandiose plans and people look at me like I have five heads. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. It's very uh, discouraging to you're so clear in your head. Like you're probably in your head, you're like, I'm going to do this. This is a great idea. And then someone, uh, no, makes no sense. Nope. The rates are so high. Would you? And you get like four different reasons that you've thought about but weren't deal breakers. Right. But because they get reinforced to you, the negatives, then you start to rethink your whole strategy, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing because you should be pretty like steadfast in your approach. But it's hard because the more people you bounce it off of, you're asking their opinion. But then if you're asking their opinion, you have to take it into account right. because you're asking for it. If, you, if it's unsolicited, that's different. Mm-hmm. Someone just comes up to you and starts spewing stuff. It's yeah. like, well, I didn't ask, so it's going out the ear. So it's hard, though. I, I it totally is. get it. Um, help me work through this then. Yeah, let's so, do it. Decide what I'll no longer tolerate from myself, right? And if I were to be truthful to my own self, I have to stop allowing a interest rate to be my deterrent because in my head- on the negative side of things, yeah, yeah. I keep thinking to myself, 3.6% versus 7% is hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of difference, depending on the investment per month. Yeah. Right? But this is the time frame right now. So I can no longer tolerate telling myself, oh, it's because of bad interest rate that I'm not going to do this. So the way you can rationalize and get over the interest rate, which I've done to myself, I'm not in the position yet, but worst case, it goes up and then you're locked in a lower rate. Best case, it goes down, and then you refinance. Right. So it's not forever. It's for a time being. I personally think, and this is not financial advice, and this isn't a hot take. This is just what I think. I think the media and the Fed and everyone is trying to discourage people and impose a negative outlook on the future so that inflation gets under control Mm -hmm. so that they can drop rates. If I had to bet, I think rates are going to drop before the end of the year. And I think we're going to get back into a little bit of you think a, like sub five. I don't by the end of the year. I think it's going to get mid fives by the end of the year. Five point five or lower. I said that's not the best. And sub that's five. mortgage rates, not sub not five. Fed rate. Sub, sub five, five under five. 
I don't see it before the end of the year, but we're at like what six and something now. Oh yeah, almost seven. I think almost seven. I think it comes down. This is my. This is what I think is gonna happen. I think they're gonna get under control. Spring's gonna come around. It's warmer weather. Mm-hmm. COVID's gonna be a little less uh, worry. People are gonna start getting optimistic again. You know, and then I think, at least for Greenwich, because there's no inventory. I think we might have a little bit of a run again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my guess. I I hope there's. I hope whatever it is that it's stable enough where people don't get destroyed because nothing's worse than hearing about someone losing a house or right. not being able to afford something. Um, but for you, for me, for whoever's going to get into the markets, I think as long as you think in a longer term timeline, you can figure out how to make a higher rate work. You just have to adjust the other elements. Right. You know, nothing in your purchase has to be fixed. Maybe you can't afford as much, but if you're buying something less, you might be able to make the same return or more because mm-hmm. you're putting less money down possibly. Right. So it you can just move. There's so many levers you can move to make it work, yes. which is what I like. Because in, in the end of the day, real estate's finance. You know, mm-hmm. you can have two properties and one investor can make a killing because of the way it's financed and the other could lose their shirt. Give me um, three to five behaviors that I know can work me in the opposite direction of this belief. Saving, One is saving at- enough cash so that the your buying power is not as affected by mm-hmm. the higher rate. It is like double, so you're not going to be able to save double, but right. maybe you save extra, so then you feel a little like you can put a little more down, maybe work the rate down with buy the rate down a little bit, save yeah. cash. Um, expand your horizon of what you're going to buy. So you might want to buy something... Um, you know, at, in a different market, a condo, something that I need a building. All right. So if you want a building, then the question becomes, all right, are you going to be buying a building, you know, locally, if you're buying it locally, is there someone that wants to do seller financing? So the way to get around a high rate is you get the seller to uh, hold the note right, and basically be your bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so, so you have someone that could buy cash for you. Right. Um, when I think of the behaviors, I mean, I think immediately is like looking at the, cause it's something I have not done. Um, and I've been intentionally not doing it, but literally every day looking at the inventory that comes online, Yeah, you know, that's a, a very simple behavior that just the action of like looking at the inventory, jotting it down for the day, looking at the inventory, jotting it down. Are you, you going create- to see them at all? What? Are you going to see the property? I haven't. That's one of the behaviors though. I think yeah. now I need to pull the, uh, not pull pull the trigger (laughs) Um, and go visit, you know, maybe two properties a week just to start getting familiar with hearing. Cause I feel like I'm very unfamiliar with the market right now. Whereas when I was looking and I was, I made the purchases that I made, I was in indoors all day. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like I I would go see four places in a day, you know? Yeah. Um, And I was very comfortable with where it was. Whereas now I've been listening to everything that, that you're saying on a negative thing, you know, even on Instagram. I mean, there's so many negative things. You know, if you bought a house that was $500,000 three years ago, you know, your mortgage <clears throat> could have been $1,900. Today, that same exact mortgage is $2,700. Like, obviously, that's a deterrent, yeah. you know, but like, who knows? There's different, yeah. there's different I don't have a time levels. machine. So. When our grandparents, I know my grandparents closed on a house, it was 14%. Yeah. I mean, it's all relative, you know, and, and I like what you're saying. That was one thought that definitely hit with me. Um, and I, I don't know why I haven't thought about that. What? The worst case scenario is that 7% rate over the next couple of years goes down. Yeah. And I refinance. Yeah. Or it goes up and then and I locked in at a 7% rate. Yeah. 
Like that's not as a long bad as you can thing. afford it. Right. The biggest that's thing is like is, if you can afford it, yeah. you don't want to take the risk. Right. But so a tip I give people is, and this is to your credit, a very there's not a lot of um, tension against it. Like it's an easy task. So instead of calling an agent and getting four properties organized to go see, go to a couple open houses. Just you know, they, you don't even have to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Drive somewhere, check it out. Yep. Go on Google Maps. Go around the neighborhoods. Drive around the neighborhoods. You don't even have to go into the houses. Just see yep. where they are. All right, this house looks on, good online. It's right under the highway. I don't want to be in this area. All yep. right, I like this area. Like, take some steps to familiarize where you want to buy. Uh, go to the local coffee shop. Walk around. Like, I tell people, go different times a day because if you go into a coffee shop, if you see the cars that are parked outside, you're going to get, like, a pulse for the neighborhood and be like, oh, there's a lot of young people here. It seems like artists. Yep. It seems like there's some excitement. This coffee shop has really good coffee. It seems like it's expensive, so the people around here can afford it. Mm-hmm. Talk to some people. Oh, you live around here? Yeah, I'm looking for a house. Like, you, you know, what do you think? Do you mm-hmm. like it? Like, you don't have to go the formal route. I think in a lot of cases, that's actually more valuable. When you go a formal route, you're dealing with myself, professional. That's going to give you a more polished. How's the market? Well, Rachel, you know, how's the area? Well, you got X, Y, Z versus someone who's unfiltered, um, not trying to sell your property, has no incentive and just wants to tell you about the area. And then who knows? Maybe that leads to, oh, well, you know, we know of this property that's coming out. You should talk to them. Maybe they'll sell. So, like, I've realized that real estate life gets very simple when you just make it known what you're up to Mm -hmm. and give people the opportunity to help or be able to help themselves by helping you Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah um and for me this purchase i don't know why and do you know where you want to buy yeah so as i'm thinking about it are we going to it kind of ties no 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 it kind of ties into what i do professionally like my vision of this is not really buying in the best of neighborhoods and yeah it's a risk factor i guess but I I also am going through um, the motions right now of you know getting a family member of mine into a rental. Yeah. Um, and it's been hard because this individual doesn't you know have a have great income. Um, so we've been supporting and trying to make sure that you know we can we can assist whatever way possible. Credit, uh, you know, not the best but decent. But like I'm thinking that I want to give individuals an opportunity um, to make more of their lives. And I'm not looking at it as a immediate financial play for me. Obviously, long term, you know, yeah, I want you know uh, generational wealth for for my daughter to you know be able to to take part in something and and not really have to worry about money. That's definitely long term. But in the immediate, I see myself being an outlet for maybe families who you know have been struggling and nobody's really taking a a, a risk on them. Mm-hmm. And then being somebody that they can rent for from 5 years, build their credit up, now I can write them a nice reference letter and they can, you know, move on and go buy their first property. Yeah. It's kind of like a it's a deeper calling that's attached to this building vision and it's complementary to what you do because you have a hand in the community. So I don't know if you'd be buying in your local community, but mm-hmm. it would make sense. Right. Um yeah, I I I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to walk you, I guess, through my my thought process. But it's been, but you so know, when some, a thought is in your head real, so though. much. Yeah, but you gotta. So, like, have you walked around? Like, so I want a building on Grand Chaff. That's like the. So for the not another real estate show, first episode is literally gonna be me walking down Grand Chaff, talking with the team, saying like, "This is the goal," and like, I think that first step of just making it known and looking at the buildings and be like, "I don't like that one." Like, I think I want something more like this. Mm-hmm. All right, what? Well, all right, let me look at the numbers on this. I can't afford it now, 
but like let me just look at it and see if like what it would actually take or do I is it make sense yeah. is it you know just like going through that exercise mm-hmm. might lead you to an actual opportunity might lead you to a contact for the opportunity well I have this building I'm going to sell but I also have one that's half and maybe it's not on Grand Chav, it's just off right so then you start thinking like well I don't really care if it's right on like I just want access to everything so I haven't done that but for me the big step is right here right now the the process me, me putting yeah me putting this public no, I mean not so much public I really that's pretty could. public we got listeners in fifty eight <laughs> states um and not even that <laughs> not not even that but I'm saying like for me to to really put it out and yeah. not to other people I'm yeah. just saying put it out well, to we talk have, to people talk to my friends about I this mean we stuff. have an amazing community you know? I would guess <laughs> they're gonna fund it <laughs> no uh, listen I would guess fund my limiting belief there's someone out there that might have a connection to someone who owns a building chances are probably. Now, is that person ready to sell? Probably not. But that person, what I found in the commercial world is all the building owners know the other building owners Mm -hmm. because they're complimentary. In residential, yes, you know your neighbors, but building owners know everything that's going on. Right. Because you're putting tenants that reflect, like, a store next to your store is way more impactful than just a neighbor, you know? Yes. So they're so well connected that Mm -hmm. even a general conversation, hey, you have a beautiful building. I look forward to like owning one like this in the future. Can I? You sound. You seem very successful. Can I just ask you, as someone who's trying to break the ice, like, did you start at buying a building? Or did you buy a small unit first? Like, where did you start? Right. And people love to tell you like how they made it. Most some people won't give you the time of day. You get one guy, all of a sudden you're in the game. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess the big thing that really it comes down to putting this into play though is the affordability factor that I do need to reevaluate. So uh-huh. something that I'm actually working on parallel courses here, even though I'm not in the position, the thing that I really need to do that I haven't done is make a contact of a commercial lender to really flesh out like what do the finances look like for something like this? Right. Like, am I way off? Do I need a plan for it? Do I need at these rates, if these rates don't change, how much money do I need? And then I can at least plan for it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, CV, I'm curious. Do you have any um, buildings? Limiting <laughs> buildings? No, but limiting beliefs on your on your mind that you constantly battle, and not that you're you have to overcome them. I'm just saying, like I'm trying to get an understanding of uh, you know the thought process. Like Mike, Mike was the handy thing. I think that's a good one. I think a lot of people have um, uh, not bot. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's something to do with working out some sort of limiting belief. So I'm curious to hear to hear yours. So I think a. Um, <clears throat> It's weird because I don't have like a one that I'm thinking of right now, other than maybe like the obvious of like the working out, getting that right, which I'm trying, still working on that. But um, I do have a knack for uh, when I perceive that there could be something that's going to limit me, I limit myself by just not worrying about it. Mm. So by like avoiding it, right? So I'm same boat, dude. You know, so it's very, so you don't, I don't feel it on a day to day. But I can tell when I'm like, uh, it's not for me. I, I'm not interested in that right now. I don't want that right now. And that's kind of like my self-defense mechanism to not get, uh, to go down that rabbit hole of, of then, you know, well, what is, what is the real reason you don't want to do X, mm-hmm. Y, or Z? Well, it's because I'm not confident in this or because I don't like uh, that uh, uncomfortable feeling of this approach or whatever it is. So it's not to give you one specific answer, but I think it's that. I think I have a tendency to, to do that which kind of umbrellas over the entire topic because you know i kind of shut it down before it's even like you know relevant in, the, in my forefront hmm. that's a good one you, you know when i've done that specifically when you so you're talking about i guess just avoidance right 
and intentional avoidance is um, when I've been in some credit card debt. Mm. You know, I haven't yeah, you just don't look my whole life. I've done that. I haven't been in massive debt. I yeah. mean, if you look at, of course, with my real estate stuff, yeah, the number is large. But in terms of credit card debt, I remember being, I want to say like maybe 10,000 in credit card debt, which is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, not huge, but for amount. the money I was making, it's not very good. It's, well, it's, that's it's significant. That's at the teetering point where it accelerates. Correct. And yeah. then also, you look at the interest rates, right? The APRs on these credit cards, 24.99%, 20%. So, like, we need when, you're, the credit card when you're putting on new debt every month, you know, you're looking at, like, 100 to $150 of, like, an interest rate. And this is where people get murdered. Yeah. You know, because not only are you living outside of your means- but now you're taking on interest rates of $150 a month. Yeah. Um, so I remember doing exactly that and just avoiding it mm. completely. Like, I'm going to look once a month. I'm going to make the, you know more than the minimum payment. But in reality, I was only making like a $300 payment. So yeah. 150 is going towards um, yeah. interest and 150 going towards the principal. So you get in the rabbit hole. So then I had to, and I didn't have this approach in front of me. I wish I did. But when it was time to like, you know, really settle down and buy, buy a house, the first thing that I had to do was like, I had to start looking at it a lot more yeah. every day. The first thing was like, all right, stop using the credit card. Yeah. Second thing was now I look at it every day to familiarize myself. Now I have to make a spreadsheet and get my finances in order. And if I do the snowball method, uh, which is a very good method for tackling debt, that's how I was able to do it. Is snowball um, the highest interest rate first? It, it can be both. You can reverse uh, snowball or like not. Because like a cliff or something, well, right? Basically what it is. No, no, no. It. Basically what it is is. You do the highest is, first? Yes. Or the you, most you snowball. It, it depends. You can I reverse snowball. Smallest, right? Is snowball? You can reverse snowball and snowball. <laughs> lowest to high, highest yeah. to low. You basically minimum payment on every other credit card and you hammer one. See, I like and the lowest to, lowest to high because I'm a firm believer in getting the early win, like you talk about. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're knocking out the high one, right. you don't get that satisfaction, I took one out. Right. Versus even if you take a small one out. Yes. One well, down. so I just I just did you know? a snowball with my mom um, over a year ago. Um, and we basically knocked down the low, not with interest, but it was the um, a balance. Mm. So the credit card with the lowest balance mm. Yeah, yeah, that's get what, it, yes. yeah, that's what get I'm it, saying. Because then get that's that off. to zero, you yeah. minimum payment, minimum payment, everything else to make sure that that's at least being fulfilled. Yeah. But now you're seeing some level of growth. Yeah. She's been able to, I think, increase about seventy something points in, awesome. in over a year. Um, so it, it's been really good. So but, I've been guilty yeah. of like when I started the real estate company and all the fees were hitting, and just the sheer amount of like checks coming out of the bank account. Yes, I literally was like, I'll look at that next month. Yeah, like yeah. I know it's not good, but I cannot. Uh, I know it's not good, but I cannot look at it right now. Yeah. And then when I looked at it, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Where in my head, I'm like, I should have just done this a month ago because then maybe I would have took a couple extra steps to yeah. get ahead of it. Yes. Um, but it, that, like the whole mental, your mental tries to protect you as much oh, as it can. does. It and really you have does. to not because it just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. When you don't look at stuff, and, I mean, we're all guilty of it. Like, there's certain things where I'm like, I'm not looking at it. Like, I'll figure it out later, whatever it is. And then when you get there later, you're like, damn. Yeah. And there is a time frame I think you have to do that, right? Like, you know, if you lost your job or something, you might have to force oh, yeah, yourself yeah, to make sure you stay limited in yes. those specific beliefs. Yeah, there's times. Right. And exactly. phases. Like, I don't think you should just go tackle all of your limiting beliefs at one because one yeah. might play into into the other. Um, but no, very good uh, point with that one, CV. So just a note about the, the limits is like, I've thought about this a lot. We are trying to like grow in all facets, right? Which comes with growing pains. And my chest pains. Right? Like the growing pains. 
every new tier you get to, there's going to be another limit that you didn't even realize was going to be in play. But then when you get there, you know, for example, like buying a property or selling a property, mm-hmm. every time I sell something and I break one of the limits, then there's the new one, right? It's like, all right, you sold a million dollar property. Like, can you do it too? Like, I don't know. You, do you know enough? Are you, are you good enough? Like all the doubts come back at another level. So you, you kind of recalibrate, and then you're forced to every time break through it. Mm. The good thing is once you get up a couple tiers, you can look back and say, well, I didn't even think I'd get this far. So, like, why not? Like, what? You know, I think it's the same process. It's just different elements and different yes. strategy and knowledge. And so, like, a lot of stuff for me has been my, my hardest limits that I've hard, had a hard time breaking was when I failed the first time and maybe even a second time. And then when I come back the third time, my strategy is you got to kind of blow past it. So like um, I was doing uh, classes for commercial and I kept getting to this third class and this third module with was tons of math and just so much effort. So in my head, I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to stick through this and do this again, I need to get through these modules the same day because I can't get stuck in the middle and quit again. So like I got to just push through it. I like that hack. So, like, that's one um, lifting. Basically, I made a non-negotiable, like, I have to squat. No matter what I do that day, if it's a leg day, you squat. Because I would avoid it. I'd say, well, I'm not strong. Like, it's just what's one day. I'm weak anyway. So now it's like, no matter if I don't do any other leg stuff, I'm squatting, I'm squatting heavy. And you can't get around it. If you get around it, you failed. So, like, I think for people and myself, for me, attacking the weakness and the limit and trying to blow past it so there's no debate mm. is kind of like the most um th- the thing that sticks with me to break through it. So like it's hard though. It's hard, but like the being handy thing. I'm like, all right, well, if I'm going to attack this like I need to take it from the approach of I'm going to blow past this, so I'm going to build a fucking fence. Can you build me a building? Maybe, Maybe in the future. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like if I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to make like a stool. Like there's no debate. Like handy you made a stool right like it was pretty handy but, to me. but you know what i mean like it would be cool like if i switched a cabinet like built a fence that every time people come to the house and in my head i'm like it's going to create positive reinforcement that i am handy yes because every time you come to my bar you're gonna see that effing fence and guess what i'm gonna tell you i built that i built that so do you like th- that let approach? me give you a little fuel for this fence though oh god so i'm Car- building a table too karina's Remember grandfather table Hector. i'm building it you remember my old, the old residence we used to live in in Hastings. Yes. It had a huge fence. One of my fence. favorites. It had a huge fence. Very fun house. Rough nights for Uncle yes. Mike in that yes. house. But it had a huge fence. 26 panels, fence. eight feet by six feet. This, uh, so he's 85 now, so he was like 78 years old. This man dug every single hole, mm. carried every single, um, what's it called, CB? Like a... Uh, uh, post, uh, not not pillar, post, post and cement. and the six by eight fence. Yeah, yeah. Like had a little the contraption. Panels. Yes, panels yeah. had a little contraption. This man did this entire thing by himself. The mm-hmm. cement bag. I mean, from start to finish, twenty six panels of a fence on a slope at seventy eight years old. So if you can't build this fence, you're pretty bad. <laughs> no, another note is I try to like with the fitness stuff. I enjoyed learning. For some reason, I'm more likely to try to push past the limit if I learn more than I need to. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like with the fence, I literally watched how to install a fence post. Probably, I don't want to overdo it. Twenty-five videos. I rewatched maybe three or four. I researched the fence company that I'm going to buy all the panels from. I measured it all out. My man did three to five behaviors. You see, you're the big process in listen, listen. the play. But the big thing for me that I am learning as I get older is 10 pages a day. I said, all right, well, I'm going to go to Home Depot. And why does everyone get pissed off at Home Depot? Because you always got to go back. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to get two things. I'm going to get stakes and I'm going to get uh, mason wire. Stakes is like the thing you hit it. Not those type of stakes. Filet mignons at Home Depot, bro? Filet. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get those two things, and I'm just going to stake it out. I'm just going to measure it. I can hammer a stake into the ground and make sure it's square. Like, that's my goal. I get home, realize I don't have a square tool, right? So I'm like, all right, well, let me just measure it out so the distances are right, and I'll do a rough. I'll rough in it. And then I'll go online, and I'll buy a square. So that's my next tool that I'm going to add to my toolbox. So I did that. Uh, the square came the next day. I measured it. Beautiful. Square. Everything's lined up. I know I got six posts I got to dig holes for. I know there's going to be one corner panel, two side panels, and then it's going to be roughly this cost or whatever it is. And uh, I know it's going to be aluminum, so I got to bu- do a cement footing. I got to pour 48 inches into the ground, so it's 42, which is the frost line. So 48 inches is four feet, so I need to dig a 48-inch hole, mm. right? So in my head, so yeah, it's bad. So I'm like, all right, well, I could get for like- each post. For each post. Why don't you get the- So I was like, I could buy like the tool. Rent it. It's like three to five. Listen, listen. But I'm like, you know what? I got to learn like from the ground up. So I'm going to buy the hand one and see how far I can get with that. (laughs) Because what I want to do is I want to dig one post hole. I want to pour one thing of cement and make one post square. And let's see how I can see When you say square, you're saying level or square? So so the way I'm doing it is I'm doing a footing, an interior post that's small, and then these posts slide on top and you Mm -hmm. just anchor them in. Mm -hmm. You have a beautiful fence, by the way. I should just hire you. Um, And so it has to be- So square and level are two different things, right? Yeah, yeah. Square square means like I'm doing it in the corner of my property. So you want it to be perfectly- Square, but also level, obviously. So I have a post level as well. But so- and I want to do it the right way because I want to be able to like drill it down and slide it over in case I need to switch out stuff. And I'm doing aluminum, which should last and they're like a little more expensive. Um, but in my head, I'm like, all right, I could try to do six and be mediocre, or I can try to do one perfect to get the confidence to be like, I did one perfect post. Mm-hmm. It might snow. I might not do the rest of the post for six <laughs> months. But to have one. But to have that win and be able to come back to it and be like, all right, look at this fucking perfect this thing. I, it could test if the frost line pushes it and moves it. So, like, there's a way that it's a progress. So, in my head, I'm like, I got to get one post in. I got to make it perfect. I like it. And then from there, we'll figure it out. Good, I mean, I just don't like the, the winter months for you. No. And, you know, I have the hand thing, and I'm like, it's not easy. It's a workout. But I'm like, all right, well, if I have to get the actual machine, at least I explore this and I have this in yeah. case I got to do, you know. I'm already getting ahead of myself, which is part of the issue. I'm like, all right, well, I'm digging post holes. If I ever need to put a, a sign in for my commercial property, I can do a post. If I want to redo our deck, which I will, I could do a post. So, like, the skill, what I'm learning in life is the tools you acquire are not only the physical tools, but the skills. And the more you have in your toolbox, the more valuable you can be. And the more things you could do that are of value to friends, family, yourself. So, I, I'm enjoying the process, but the point being is I immerse myself into this and basically said, like, 
failure is not an option. It might not be cost effective in the beginning, but long term, I'm going to look back at my future self, which I always think about, is going to be so happy that I said, F it, I'm going to become handy. That's a clip. That was a good one. I like that. And I hate people telling me <laughs> I can't do shit. So that adds to my <laughs> yeah, fire. That's really the fire. There you that's go. the real that's fire. That's why. Uh, good. Um, we're coming up on time. So if you do have anything else, ready to rock? I'm excited to build the fence. All right, my man. So this brings us to my favorite section, Dave's Dime of the Week. That's a quiet one. That was very quiet. What was that? Lack, last week was lackluster. Uh, so I brought a name with this one. I don't know who this is. Veronica <laughs> Tugaleva is her name. We're making progress. At least there's, <laughs> there's, a, name. there's a name here. I don't know who this um, is. This isn't Dave Regina. Uh, this is this was a. Uh, is this a fan? I, I don't know. This was a uh, very nice quote though. Courage is your natural setting. You do not need to become courageous, but rather peel back the layers of self-protective, limiting beliefs that keep you small. Wow, I feel like she was taking a shot of my abs. Well, so that's kind of how I read it, too. Once I read that quote, I was like, damn. Because I I would say I'm a courageous person. I would say so. Right? I mean, I think we're all pretty courageous. more courageous than me. But I think we're all pretty courageous in life. But that's not really the issue. Like, you could have all the courage in the world, but if you're not willing to, like, show it, get a little deeper and start pulling these layers back of, of this negativity and these limited beliefs that may have been bestowed upon you. Um, you can't we, get anywhere. You think we can get someone on here that can brainwash us, like a positive brainwash? Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Like, that'd put be, under, and they're like, you are now going to be- owner. You have made your fence. You, you have, have beautiful calves. Yes. <laughs> Always the calves. Yeah. I know. Uh, um, wasn't that, uh, didn't the, the guy you guys talked about, uh, Rob- Deer Day, right? He yeah, he got put under. Yeah, he got put under. I'd read that book, and I couldn't get through it. It was bad. It was, I forget what it was called. It was bad. That's what happens. I listen. I, you know that I'm trying to be spiritual and 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 get this uh, this calling of my life into uh, the higher power. The Bible is t- it's rough to read, man. Like I it's fall bad. asleep every single time. Yeah, and it's like honestly, I use it to fall asleep now. It's intense. But I I figure like, hey, listen, it's a good habit. I put it in my ear, and fall asleep. I picked up a bad habit. I watch uh, ghost hunter shows. Oh, Just boy. it's it's my it's my guilty pleasure lately. I don't yeah. know why. There we go. And they're literally like absurd. It's great. You should watch Sam and Kobe. Oh, Big fan. Is that a movie or show? It's a show. show. Two kids. It's two guys. It kind of look like us. Yeah? No. Brolic? Very frail. Oh. We'd beat them up. Oh, okay, good. I wouldn't because they're nice guys, but if we needed to. <laughs> Michael, let them know where to shop, my brother. No, uh Sporting <laughs> all the highest and best gear. I think some of them are made out of magic material that make you do well in life. Pretty so cool. That- Had a very nice order that came through from... Uh, Tuscaloosa, what is it? T- Tuscaloosa, Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I saw yeah. that. And Who do you know in Arizona? No one. <laughs> Maybe I, I do? I don't know. CV, did you go to Arizona and place an order <laughs> on this thing? Smart man. <laughs> you know? Um, no, very cool to come in. Um, thank you guys for the support. Whether you've listened to one or 133, we thank you. We're very grateful for you. So until next time, stop snoozing. Get up, get after it, and build that fence, baby. Go buy the building, please. Come on, baby. Yeah, you're buying the building. I'm like, I want to build a fence. <laughs> That's another Epi in the Books. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Snooze Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, No Snooze.